Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. Yes, welcome to the Masters of the Cinematic Universe. My name is Joe, and with me today is Doug and Eric. What's up, Doug and Eric? I'm not talking to you till you stop doing that. Yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> what, what am I? I'm not doing anything. You said my microphone sounded deeper today, so just, I'm just entertaining that. Uh-huh. Yeah. You did. We started the show. Listen, I don't. I'm not a tech guy, man, so... It's a roll of the dice every time we do this. It's either a work or it's not. I don't know what I'm doing. I press something. You sounded really deep. It sounded like when I was a kid, at, I lived in an apartment complex, and the older teenage girls across the way used to huff Freon from the air conditioner unit. Yep. <laughs> and they'd get this big Ziploc freezer bag and huff the Freon. They'd be like, hey. Hey, Becky, look at her butt. It is just so big. And that's it's what huge. you sounded like. It kind of freaked me out. But we're good now. We're good now. Are, Welcome are we to though? the show. <laughs> we're I sound like a, a lot lizard that smoked two packs a day for the past 45 years. You sound like how this movie made me feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this one does a number on people. Yeah, so we'll get in the movie in a little bit, but I thought yeah. I had seen this movie before, but apparently I saw another movie that I just thought was this movie before. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen this before. <laughs> That's great. I'm yeah. so happy that neither of you saw this before I, I sicked it on you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I want to reiterate, like when you said like kids was depressing, this is more depressing than kids. I, uh, this has more lighthearted moments in it though. Yeah. This but kids doesn't a have a dead coaster. baby. <laughs> this is more of a roller coaster. This, um, this I will say, I understand why this movie's heralded the way it is. Yeah. Um, my wife used to work in a video rental store back when, you know, like those existed. Mm-hmm. And uh, people used to come in a lot asking for this movie. They yes. didn't carry it. And I think I think I understand why now. Because yeah. <laughs> wow. I knew the owners. And, if you're and, playing, like, fucked up bingo... You can go ahead and check off drug addictions, pedophilia, <laughs> dead babies, hallucinating, and murder. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and That's... check all those off. Right. Oh, don't forget also literal shit. That's Lots of all, literal all shit. Oh, so much shit. Yeah. Guys, tonight we're talking about uh, P. 
Pee Wee's Big Adventure. No. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what's new, guys? What's Pee Pee Wee's Community Playhouse? There you go. <laughs> uh, what's new? Um, I am two days away from seeing my granddaughter for the first time. Fuck so what? we are we are like losing our minds excited. Yeah, we're heading up Sunday morning. Is that is that what you call the, the christening? Yes, it's the christening. <laughs> the christening. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we're gonna meet Holly, so we are so excited. She's three weeks old now, so nice. You know, so she's walking and talking, and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're super excited. So that's that's definitely new for me. Um, I'm healed. I'm also healed up from my little procedure. I'm pretty much back to normal. So that's yeah. Good I'm too. almost healed up from spending three days with with a bunch of fucking uh, yeah, fifth graders at camp too. That's that's rough, dude. That's Whew. rough. You know, yeah. I give you kudos for that one because, like I said, I did ba- I did high school band kids, and they were easy because you know they're band kids. But F- phrasing, fifth graders, nah, that's not for me. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> no, nope. that was a little over the head there. <laughs> I missed it. Sorry. That's I just okay. pulled don't, the archer. And, I pulled the archer and said phrasing. Oh. <laughs> All right. So yeah, yeah that's so, it for me. Okay, Joe. You spent you spent some time at Camp Crystal Lake. That's fucking exciting. Yeah. Man. I, I didn't see any hockey players, but then again, we live in Florida. There was not <laughs> a lot of those here. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, it was yeah. cool. It, it was a bunch of kids, and uh, you know, the, the only really like super fun part was the archery. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah, but I also <laughs> discovered a new YouTube channel like a couple of days ago, and I'm fucking stoked about it. Uh, Doug apparently is a hater until I told him the guy doesn't like taking back Sunday. <laughs> then all of a sudden, Mister <laughs> Fucking I Hate Everything changes his tune pretty quick. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, no, no, it's I called like Two Minutes to Midnight. Yeah, or Too Late. Well, too I fucking. Yeah, I forget. Two minutes too late night. That's what yes. it's called. Uh, and this is dude that wears fucking like, uh, like it's like Swedish death metal makeup. Yeah, makeup. He has white makeup with black eyes, and he's dressed yeah. like fucking Jimmy Fallon. Right, exactly. He wears a suit. He's got he's got very clean cut haircut. Yeah, and, and uh, he interviews yeah. a bunch of people from the yeah. metal scene. Um, loves horror, punk, and death metal, and all kinds of awesome stuff. Makes these collaboration videos. Uh, with just the best of the best of the artists, like super groups, to do stupid shit like covering Dead Man's Party. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. he's got connections. He yeah. definitely has connections, dude. Yeah, I, like when I see the people on there, I'm like, holy shit, this dude yeah. knows people. He's, and he's just a comedian from Brooklyn. I tried right. to figure out what band he was in. He's not even in a band. He's just a comedian. <laughs> oh, that's, that's cool. Good rack. Yeah, I, th- I think you'd really enjoy this channel, Eric. Um, I, I really think out of all people, you would enjoy it. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll add it to my suicide yeah. list. Don't worry. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it gives a well, thumbs I have, up. I have uh, maybe two, three quick things to touch on. Mm. One is Midnight Mass. Fucking Doug yeah. recommended this show, Midnight Mass, to me, as did almost everyone I know that has a Netflix account. And uh, I was sort of late to the party, but we burned through it, and I fucking loved that show. Like, yeah. In, in such a huge way. If you haven't seen it yet and you're a horror fan, um, or even not, man, it's just really good right. fiction. I yeah. would check it out. It it spoke to me personally just because mm-hmm. I'm always on the hunt for things that portray atheism in a positive way or yeah. a thought-provoking way and not just in a, like, you worship the devil kind of stereotypical right. way. And, uh, oh, man. Well, technically... It was, wouldn't atheism not worship the devil because they don't worship anything? Well, no. Exactly. Atheists are, atheists are generally told they're devil worshippers. <laughs> but, I mean, those, those are Satanists. I mean, get your terminology correct. If you're going to well, like, shit on somebody, at least know how to shit on them. Well, well Joe, that's the, why the, I appreciate most you. Most people don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, like, yeah. It, it's, it's, something, it's something that gets tossed around a lot, and the irony is lost on the people tossing it. But Right. Uh, kind of like a yeah. salad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes. Don't Google Midnight that. Mass, uh, two thumbs up. <laughs> or, or, you know. Or, or Google sure. that. Or just um, Google toss your salad. All right. <laughs> anyway. What was that? What's what's the um, hip-hop horse opera we were talking about called again? What? I'm sorry, what? The new Netflix movie. Um, oh, The Heart of the fuck, Fall. 
Yeah, that may end up being one of my movies if I watch it. And it's great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just from the preview. I'm fucking sold. Yeah, I just got to find out if Erica wants to watch it. If she doesn't, I'll watch it like I next week. But if remember not, we'll, what it was yeah. called, but I was like, fuck. Yeah, the that harder they up. fall. Have you seen this one, Eric? Is this the um, it's the western? The, yes. the western. You know what's yeah. interesting about that is that it's uh, as far as I know, based on actual yes maybe not historical events but no you know but the, the stories little known that fact have been that there were black cowboys yes. yeah and, exactly and, exactly yeah. that I'm cast is yeah I, just, I pulled up the cast like just to go through this fucking yeah. hey this cast it man is. um search by popularity okay so uh, uh the, the Zazie only thing Beats was, who you don't know her Beats. name probably but you like know her if you've seen her Deadpool 2 baby Domino. yeah okay yeah Idris Elba, mm-hmm. of course, of course. Regina King, yes. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Motherfucking Majors, yeah. Uh, Dewanda Wise, another one of those ones if you've seen her, you'd recognize mm-hmm. her instantly. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, I love him. Yeah, like, he's good. Everything he's ever been has been fucking yep. great. Damon Wayans Jr. Um, and a bunch of other <laughs> people whose names. Yeah, are Delroy, Delroy Lindo too. Oh yeah, yeah, Delroy, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. He's I like that no list. one re- responded to Damon Wayans Jr. in any yeah, way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm going to be, like, sold on this fucking movie. This, like, looks great. Like, I'm yeah. I'm already in. Yep. Hell yeah. Um, so, Eric, you said yeah. you had a couple more things. Uh, Yeah, just real quick. There's a, of course, you know, we're time traveling, but there's a, a yeah. convention tomorrow, uh, which will have happened a few weeks ago. <laughs> and uh yeah that's that's really it man i just uh, there was something else i was gonna bring up but this movie fucked me up so hard that i can't even <laughs> i can't even i can't even fo- like i had a i had a busy day and usually when i do this show there's a lot more prep involved i'll usually watch the movie a couple of days ahead of time and if I can, even more than once, like over yeah. the course of preparing for it, this was literally shotgun. Watch it right before we start recording, and and jump right in. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, this was the wrong movie to to approach that way. <laughs> yeah, I watched it last night or yeah. yesterday afternoon. In a, I d- did not expect anything in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it c- keeps you off guard. I'll tell you that. That's the very truth. Are you? Are you? Am I watching you right now in real time digging for a segue and it's really tough just because the title is... <laughs> it's like I'm watching the inner mechanisms of your brain. No. I love oh, this I don't video. know we were, we were starting it yet, but if, if that's the case, let's go with a movie that's more fun than a dead baby. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have been leading up with our banter here uh, to let you know that we are doing the 1996 movie Train Spotting. Um, it's directed by Danny Boyle. He did The Beach, 28 Days Later, 127 Hours, Slumdog Millionaire. I mean, his pedigree is beyond reproach. He's one of my favorite directors ever. Um, this was his second movie. His first was Shallow Grave, another Hugh McGregor um, movie that, that he partnered with. Uh, also a good, good movie. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about Train Spotting, um, and. Everything that these guys have said so far is absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but for some reason, every time I saw Ewan McGregor, I, all I could think was Chris Evans. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was. I just kept fucking thinking it was Chris Evans over and over again, even though I know clearly it's not. Yeah. Well, well he's a, a very baby-faced, you know, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is... Uh, and then the, the short haircut. He looked like Human Torch fucking Chris Evans. Yes. No, I get it. I get what he's saying. Yeah. You know, emaciated Human Torch Chris Evans. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, but that butt chin was still prominent. Yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. definitely. Good looking, good looking young lad. Also, another movie, uh, much like Snatch, that was really difficult for me to understand. Oh <laughs> yeah, no subtitles Schoolish. are recommended with this. I was going to mention yeah. that um, subtitles are recommended. And even before we get into it, tied to what you just said, Eric, the first twenty minutes of the movie were reshot at least audio-wise, by the actors to tone down the Scottish accents for the American yeah. audience. I mean, there was wow. only really uh, yeah. two people who I struggled with <laughs> in this yeah. movie. 
most of them I got because I watch a lot of British TV. So yeah. like, yeah, a lot of it fucking flowed. But there was two of them that I could not fucking understand half of what they were saying. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get to that because we're gonna. Um, yeah, so real quick, we're, we're gonna start with a clip. But real quick, um, it was it's at, this movie is based on a novel written by Irvine Welsh. Um, he participated in the writing of the screenplay a bit. John Hodge wrote the screenplay. John Hodge works a lot with Danny Boyle. So he's written, uh, he wrote Shallow Grave with him and did some other of his movies plus other stuff. So there's some real talent here. Um, Irvine Welsh is actually, the author of the book is actually in the movie too. Um, so the easiest way to start this whole thing off is with the opening clip. So Joe, roll it. Choose life, choose a job, choose a career, choose a family, choose a fucking big television, choose washing machines, cars, compact displays and electrical tin openers. <laughs> choose good health, low cholesterol and dental insurance. Choose fixed interest mortgage repayments. Choose a starter home. Choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a three-piece suite on higher purchase and a range of fucking fabrics. Choose DIY and wondering who the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch watching mind-numbing, spirit-crushing game shows, stuffing fucking junk food into your mouth. Pissing your last in a miserable home, nothing more than an embarrassment to the selfish, fucked up brats that you've spawned to replace yourselves. Choose your future, choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I chose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got head on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs choices when you got heroin? I feel uh, like Scotland's like the Florida of the UK. It might be. <laughs> it might. It might be. Um, yeah. It, it's. I've never been. I want to go, um, but it's apparently a very unique place. So yeah, I mean they they deal with the same kind of uh, long summers and short winters that Scandinavia deals with. Like in the summer, the sun doesn't go down at eleven thirty at night, and it's up at four thirty in the morning, and it's vice versa in the winter. So that fucks with people's heads. So <laughs> you know, the people the people that live up there. Are, are are a little different than than most um as far as i understand so so that clip was the opening of the movie uh it's a bit of a montage where we we get to at least get briefly introduced to our all of our our the boys the gang as we'll call them um the narrator and and he narrates through throughout the movie uh his name is mark renton he's played by ewan mcgregor um very early in his career and before I even go through the rest of the list, that's the cool thing about this movie is that everybody in this movie was early in their careers or their first movies ever. So it's really cool to see these people, you know, that most of which who we know uh, from, you know, their various roles starting out young. Uh, so we meet Mark Renton. Uh, that's Ewan McGregor. Uh, next is Sick Boy. Um, we find out actually in part two, the sequel to this, his name is, well, he calls himself Simon, but we never learn his real name. He's played by J Johnny Lee Miller. Um, he was in Hackers the year before, Elementary on CBS, and a bunch of other stuff you know him from. Um, we meet uh, Begbie, uh, who's either Francis or Franco. Uh, he's played by Robert Carlyle. He's a little more established than the rest of the crew uh, back then. He had, done, he had more under his belt. Um, and we meet Spud, <laughs> his real name is Danny Murphy. He's played by um, Ewan Bremer, another great character actor who's popped up in a lot of different things that you, you don't even think about till you see him. Um, it's really cool. Um, 
and then again, part of that opening clip is is a chase scene. Um, we see a couple of the guys. We see Mark and Spud being chased by the cops, while Mark is you know Renton is narrating, uh, you know, giving his spiel about you know choosing not to choose. Um, very interesting. You and Bremer, who plays Spud, he actually played Mark Renton on stage in a, in a uh, stage adaptation of the book previous to the movie. Um, so it's cool that he was involved. And um, Christopher Eccleston and Daniel Craig were both considered for the role of Begbie. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. I, I haven't read the book, and I really want to. In the book, apparently, Begbie's very tall and intimidating. So that's why they were... Hmm. Um, they were looked at because I wonder if in like the second part of the movie they would have replaced Eccleston with David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, also, I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my head around a stage production of this, and I know, yeah, I know, certain scenes. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. It would be interesting, yeah, because again, I I know there are a lot of big differences between the book and and the movie. Um, there were a lot of characters that were removed from the movie and so on, but the author. Um, Irvine Welsh, he, he loves the movie. So it's not like, you know, he, he loved the direction the movie took and he understood why it, why it went in this direction. Um, yeah, so again, Mark and Spud, they're running from the police. Um, it's really cool during an opening sequence too. Uh, you see the gang playing soccer against a soccer team. Um, football team, sorry. Football. <laughs> and they are the, uh, the Calton Athletic Club who it's um, – they are all drug counselors, and they were the primary uh, knowledge people for this film. So Danny Boyle used them to, uh, you know, basically as, as, you know, just information people on, on how to, how to uh, portray this thing uh, correctly. Um, so, and uh, yeah, so we got that opening montage. One last thing. Um, we can thank David Bowie for having Lust for Life there because first he co-wrote that with Iggy Pop but secondly they tried to get Golden Years but it cost too much money and they couldn't get it <laughs> so they went with Lust for Life um, you know, I'm I, glad well, they went with Lust for Life oh I agree such a I killer agree. tune man yeah we're going to be talking about the soundtrack throughout this this uh, episode because it is so integral to the story um, if you really dive deep and look at the lyrics to all the songs they're using they're absolutely nailed appropriate for every scene that they're used in it's like it's it's incredible how danny boyle just merged that so uh we're gonna we're gonna touch on that stuff throughout uh so we now transition to a very rundown apartment um this is the domicile of who we learn is called mother superior and do, do you guys remember why it's called mother superior yeah why you don't remember? Oh. No, I'm just asking if you remember, because it's stated, Mark Mark mentions it early on why he's called Mother Superior. It's oh, all right. Goodness. You only, you, you only watch it once. It's okay. Man, there was a lot going on. No, no, I get movie. it. Look, I'm not. No, no, I totally get it, dudes. I, I remember him saying some shit about yeah. taking care of them. or. Well, maybe. no, it, it it just came down. He goes, he, he's known as Mother Superior due to the length of his habit. Ah. <laughs> That's what That's it is. Joke. So he is their dealer, but he, he is also a I, user. I should have watched it more than once, but... Nah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, we're in this apartment. Uh, we first focus on one of the rooms, and there is a baby, um, you know, eight, <clears throat> nine months old, baby sitting there hanging out. Her name is Dawn, by the way. Um, no. She's in one room, and the entire gang, all of the guys we've seen, plus some... some newcomers are in the other room and they're all getting ready to shoot up uh, to take their hits of heroin um sick boy is prepping uh allison his sometime girlfriend and the mother of the baby uh for a hit um and he has a really solid obsession with james bond so throughout this movie all he does is talk about bond when he's about to get high um that's one of the reasons that uh, Johnny Lee Miller got hired is because he has a great, <laughs> he does a great Sean Connery voice. Um, so that's one of the reasons why he got cast in this role. Hmm. Um, so he's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a weird juxtaposition where he's, you know, he's getting ready to shoot up his girlfriend, but he's, he's talking about James Bond and his whole thing is, 
you know, Goldfinger is better than Dr. No, which is better than Diamonds of Forever, and he keeps going on and on. And I don't disagree I, uh, with that. I, I kind point, of agree I, with that assessment. I thought yeah. they might have been hallucinating the baby. I didn't think it was real at first. Oh, I geez, thought maybe like, yeah. they're just high and they thought there was a baby there. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to see because, I mean, that's reality. You know, and that's the thing with this yeah. movie is it's it, there's 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 a it's lot of humor in it, but, you know, there's a lot of, like, very visceral and raw reality thrown directly in your face throughout. So um, it, it's it's not easy. There's no question. Um Spud's already done his. He's he's in outer space somewhere. He 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 just jumps on top of Sick Boy and kisses him, uh, like a deep kiss. And Sick Boy's like freaked out about it, but he laughs. Um, he you know Spud then collapses to the floor. At this point, we see Mark Renton shoot up. Um, it's really interesting too. The the on the clo- they do close up shots of the injection of, of the drugs. It fucking makes me like. Those, I have like a ne- I don't like needles. So, but you want to you want to hear the crazy thing? No, I'm with you. I'm totally <sighs> with you, Joe. Though that was a prosthetic arm. Oh, that mm. they they created with with pumping blood and hair and everything. So they got the MythBusters. Yes, they did exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a that wasn't like a fake needle. That was a real needle going into a prosthetic arm. That's why it looked nice. as realistic as it did. On a um, sidebar, Eric, I got some mm-hmm. more art for you. I okay. want to see Mythbusters After Dark, and it's it's a uh, uh, Adam Savage making like a prosthetic, a uh, a life human lifelike uh, woman <laughs> to do something with. You know, you don't have to uh-huh. go into what he's doing, but just like him, like making this like basically like a doll of some sorts. Okay, so so this idea feels a little half baked. Uh, I just thought Ad- of it right now. I can't disrespect Adam Savage that way. I'll do Jamie Heineman. Okay, you can do Jamie. Right. That's fine. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Cool. Put, a, put a beret on it. <laughs> yeah, beret and the walrus mustache. We'll okay. do that. It's, he's and then inherently Adam, well, funny. Here, I, I got a better idea. Okay, I got it. So Jamie will be in the workshop building himself like a, a ballistics gel woman, and Adam will like peek in the door and like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. That, the, Does that work? I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm never going to do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like where you're going with it. I feel like it needs. We got to put it in the oven a little longer. That's all. Yeah. yeah. We'll, well, I mean, we'll they got there. like, who's the next MythBuster? MythBusters, MythBusters Junior. This could be MythBusters After Dark. Yeah. No, I like. I like. You know, or, we'll workshop. MythBusters we'll, After Midnight. So much better alliteration. That's true. See, we're already getting there. It is impressive how your mind works, Joe, and how quickly <laughs> this stuff comes to you. I am. <laughs> I can I, I yeah. Um, I am c- completely impressed. Um, See, I thought you would have really should have like, been an improv. You know, his <laughs> he's red faced and he's like, myth busted. Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm sorry, Tom. Busted it's all right. myths. It's all right. <laughs> so I So as, as this is all Yep. As this is all happening, um, Mark Renton is narrating, and he he talks about the fact that he, he just says it right out, that take the best orgasm you've ever had, multiply it by a 1,000, and you're still nowhere near what this feels like. Um, let me let me call an expert. Hey, uh, Jamie Heineman, how is that? Is that stand up to the truth? <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have instantly made Jamie Heineman a heroin addict. This is great. No, no, no. I'm asking him, like, because he's had, you know, apparently a really good orgasm with his Mythbusters After Midnight doll. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Allison even <laughs> Allison even makes a reference that, that gets Sick Boy kind of pissed off. She just, you know, she she just lets it, lets it out that it's better than any meat injection she's ever had. <laughs> and Sick Boy gets kind of sad about that, but uh, he quickly forgets it when Mother Superior shoots him up and then... Yeah. They're all unconscious in this apartment until they, they come around again. Um, now, quick quick question, Doug. I don't yeah. know if this is a trivia because I didn't look it up. But why do they call this train spotting? All right. So train spotting. Train spotting, it's funny. The movie created the meme. <laughs> all right. Um, train spotting, apparently, in the Edinburgh drug scene, meant it, it was called train spotting because many of the addicts would shoot up in the train station or in a train ah, station fuck. there. But my, my theory was because it left tracks in their arms. 
Yeah, that's uh-huh. true. That could and be they something. Call those train spots. Like these are my train right. spots. Yes, but the the meme that has been created from the title of the movie is, um, I just want to make sure I phrase it right. It's enjoying something that no one outside that group gives a shit about. Like only hmm. train spotters, which is a thing. People will sit on you know next to train tracks and watch trains go by and then record what type of locomotive they've seen, whether it's diesel or electric or what year it was and everything. They, they, they're a hobbyist who do this. But honestly, nobody outside those who do it give a fuck about that. So it's the same thing yeah. with like heroin addiction in that, you know, if you're in that group, if you're a junkie, you know, it's the coolest thing ever, but outside it, you're repulsed by it. So... That's that's the meme that was created from the the title of the movie. So, um, if I think I even think if you look it up on Urban Dictionary, it comes up as something like that. Probably yeah. described better than me. Than that I was did. none of my guesses. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like maybe they get high and they try to spot trains. Yeah, <laughs> I was then, thinking the whole tracks things. Maybe no, I get it. Trains. I mean, like yeah. I'm sitting here trying to figure this out, and I'm like, I didn't look it up, so well, that makes it. sense. And the thing is, there are trains, you know, in other scenes in the movie. In, in real yeah. form and in you know we'll get to it but you know they're there you know on purpose but yeah that's the that was that was what Irvine Walsh's original meaning for it was is that the, that's where the junkies they go to the train yard they go to the train station and that's where they generally shoot up I guess have you in, seen the, the YouTube video of the little fat kids like oh my god it's a Union Pacific Santa Fe uh, engine yeah <laughs> like, well he's train spotting that yeah. that's that there's there's a whole group of people who really get off on that shit yeah. and um it's a double I rainbow think, oh my god yeah, exactly the funniest thing funniest video i saw like that on youtube was a bunch of people that were waiting for the real hogwarts train to come through a station so everybody's oh, got their cameras and shit and there so there's two tracks in the station going in each direction and they're on the opposite track so the train's coming towards them on the opposite track just as a fucking another train goes by <laughs> and blocks their view completely. That's yes. Like the Hogwarts train went right by and they got they didn't see anything, you know? We should uh, I love that. also yeah. like um also like known as like aka this podcast Banyan spotting. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> there aren't any in this there aren't any in this movie, but you're right, we do spot them. Um, fucking Scotland. Yeah. So um you know, then Mark Mark goes on to describe the difference between on and off heroin um, is basically comes down to hassles versus no hassles. When you're clean, you've got hassles. You've got bills to pay. you get people to feed and all sorts of shit. But when you're on the junk, there's no hassles because you don't give a shit. So, um, you know, he, he's given a good, uh, you know, a good definition of, of or a description of, of heroin addiction. Um while Mark is under, we see uh, he envisions uh, his friend Begby and, and also Tommy. Uh, he's played by Mark McKidd, who, I mean, I know him from, well, he was in Rome. And uh, he was a lot of years in, in Grey's Anatomy. Um, but this was his yeah. first movie as well. Uh, so Mark envisions Begby and Tommy uh, and even his parents telling him to stop using this poison. He's seeing this in his head. Stop using that poison in your body. But the funny thing is they're all drinking and smoking while yeah. they're telling him <laughs> this. So it's like, you know, there are different levels of addiction and, you know, are they really being fair to him? Yeah, they're putting uh, the dick in addiction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, it was at this point that I was like, oh, this is just a pro heroin movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, Mark starts to come out of it and he, and he makes reference to the fact that, you know, Every now and then, even he decides to go clean for a bit. So he, he jumps up, and he goes over to Mother Superior, and he says, I'm off the shite, and he's going to you know, he's gonna get clean. Um, he describes that he's going to use the sick boy method, which we'll review in a minute. <laughs> um, and Mother Superior suggests one more hit just to ease, you know, take the edge off, and, of course, Mark agrees because he says, after all, I have work to do. <laughs> so it's, it's just never-ending, we're going to see. Um, it's at that moment that the actual title sequence happens really quick. Train spotting comes across the screen and you hear the, you know, the, the horns of trains yeah. in the background. Um, I honestly think it should have been like 
four minutes long with a bunch of like cars and stuff cut in and like, dinosaurs and I know. some punk yeah. rock. <laughs> would have made the movie so much better. Yes, definitely. It would have been better. Completely random shit just to yeah, excite just, the, the brain. And yeah. like make it like four minutes long so it just never feels like it's yes. going to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Ewan McGregor, get Pauly Shore in there. He's like, I just... <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. get off the sick ship, boy. Uh, get some Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> yes, that would be good. Um, so you know, once the title sequence disappears, uh, we are in Mark's apartment or an apartment that Mark is using, and um, the the music that starts playing is from the opera Carmen. It's called Habanera, yep. um, which is yeah, it's a very famous. You'll notice as soon as you hear it. The cool thing about it is if you. If you check the lyrics for for this, um, it's a story about They're a an woman. Italian. Yeah, it's a story <laughs> about a woman who's choosing her love. She can't make her mind up between two yeah. people, I think. And it's the same. It's it's what Mark is doing. He's choosing his love. Does he want heroin or does he want to be clean? And um, this this song plays, um, you know, while he's going through this process. And you know, we we come to learn that. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but we come to learn that the sick boy method I- involves a lot of soup, uh, three buckets, um, vanilla ice cream, pornography, and soothing music, along with milk and magnesia and some other stuff. But um, it's it's very cool the way Mark recites the list. You know, <laughs> he's, he's sounds like just like any Friday night. Yeah, yeah. ten tins, ten tins, yeah. soup, tomato. <laughs> you know, <laughs> eight tins, soup, cream of mushroom. Um, and then the three buckets, one's for piss, one's for shit, and one's for vomitus, as he describes it. <laughs> um, so he realizes when he gets, oh, the first step, sorry, the first step is boarding up the door so he cannot yeah. escape. All right. But once he sets everything up, he realizes he needs one more hit to ease the pain. <laughs> so we just quickly, we see all the wood that he used to board the door up in a pile on the floor. And he's out the door. <laughs> so it just it's just futile it's it's just it, none of it makes any difference in the end um so he goes and meets uh mikey forrester who's a, an occasional connection uh mikey forrester is played by the author of the book irvine welsh um he supplies um mark with heroin suppositories <laughs> oh yeah and and mark is way pissed at this um but uh, Mikey describes, you know, he, he lets him know that this is the best way for him because it's this uh, time release. So it's going to bring him down slow. So he knows he's got no choice and he just instantly reaches around and pops those things right up his ass. Um, so he is now on his way back to his apartment when in narration he informs us that heroin makes you constipated and that his last hit of heroin has worn off. So he is no longer constipated. Um, so we are about to delve into one of the shit scenes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he, uh, he cramps up bad, so he's got to go. He's not going to make it home. So he finds the first place he can. It's a sports book with a lot of, uh, you know, gentlemen in there who really don't like his type. Um, he, he walks in and they're, they're all eyeing him up and in his head, he's, he's envisioning this toilet. He's going to go into as like the best thing in the world like virgin yep. marble and gold taps and and a bloke who's going to hand him toilet paper <laughs> okay like everything and he walks up to the door and it says toilet on it and he opens the door and steps in and as the door closes behind him superimposed on it is the worst toilet in scotland <laughs> at some point and, why don't you just shit outside yeah exactly and they aren't wrong it is like a literal shithole it is the yeah. dirtiest, most disgusting bathroom anybody in their life has ever seen. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to go into how gross it is. Um, no, I think you should. Cause, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Mind. I'm going to go into what he does. We'll talk I about that. I used to that. clean bathrooms at Disney. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. I cleaned Fish. bathrooms at Jack in the Box, so you're right. I've, I've, maybe I have seen it. Um, yeah, it's just it's unimaginable. I mean, there's, you know... There's no doors on the stalls. There's no toilet seat on the toilet. The toilet's backed up. It's covered in shit. Uh, you can't flush it. The floors are covered in shit. Um, the cool thing uh, is that was all chocolate mousse. <laughs> it was chocolate whoever, mousse, so it Whoever dressed great. this set, man, like yeah. prop, props to you because I'm looking yeah. at it right now. 
it's not you think covered in shit and you think i know what that look i can visualize yeah, no, a no, bunch no, of brown right? no, 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 no no you don't know no there are shades there's there's reds yes. and yes brown. <laughs> yes it's, if it wasn't so disgusting it'd be fucking beautiful exactly it is exactly so it's horrifying in the context of set design it's amazing all right yeah. that's that's the way we can describe it um even with all this mark does not care he's got to take a shit so he squats over the toilet and he lets loose and just big just look of relief comes across his face he's happy um until he realizes he just shit out the suppositories <laughs> okay <laughs> and to also and again it this is how this movie is a roller coaster and how it instantly juxtaposes comedy with like reality and and the fucked upness of heroin addiction and drug addiction he gets up and he without almost without hesitation he gags but he reaches his hand right into the toilet oh yeah that not only had the old shit but now has his shit in it to get these suppositories all right he reaches further and further in until he basically hallucinates the fact that he is diving into the toilet bowl you physically see his body go down into the toilet and then suddenly he is in a pool a serene pool with beautiful sunlight coming in from above it's yeah, all the only clean other thing than that pool is brad pitt from snatch yeah exactly <laughs> yes exactly same pool and 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 yeah. maybe what's her name from nightmare on elm street we're not sure she might <laughs> yeah. be there too. yeah i was gonna say this is yeah. this is very much the bathtub scene in nightmare on elm street is that yes. just shit just shit exactly just shit Claw so we, nightgown yep <laughs> We watch Mark swim to the bottom among the, you know, the, the coral and the rocks and everything, and he finds his suppositories. He grabs them, and he lets out this cheer underwater. He's thrilled himself. He turns around and swims back up, and we actually watch him climb out of the toilet now, okay? <laughs> back into the shittiest, you know, the worst toilet in, in Scotland. Um, he gets up. He's dripping wet, and he just heads back to his apartment like nothing's wrong. Okay, uh, he gets into his apartment and um, he's dripping wet, oh, yeah. um, but he's got those suppositories in his hands, so he's ready. Um, we now cut to the next scene that takes place in a park, and he's now clean technically. All right, they don't really go into details with this particular, you know, sick boy method, except that you know he's performed it and he's now clean. So we are going to run a clip right now, Joe. The downside of coming off junk was I knew I would need to mix with my friends again in a state of full consciousness. It was awful. They reminded me so much of myself I could hardly bear to look at them. Take Sick Boy, for instance. He came off junk at the same time as me, not because he wanted to, you understand, but just to annoy me, just to show me how easily he could do it, thereby downgrading my own struggle. Sneaky fucker, don't you think? And when all I wanted to do was lie there and feel sorry for myself, he insisted on telling me once again about his unifying theory of life. Certainly a phenomenon in all walks of life. What do you mean? Well, at one point you've got it, then you lose it, and it's gone forever. All walks of life. Georgie Best, for example, had it, lost it. Or David Bowie, or Lou Reed. Lou Reed, some of his solo stuff's not bad. No, it's not bad, but it's not great either, is it? And in your heart, you kind of know that although it sounds all right, it's actually just shite. So who else? Charlie Nicholas, David Niven, Malcolm McLaren, Elvis Presley. Okay, okay, so what is the point you're trying to make? All I am trying to do, Mark, is to help you understand that the name of the rose is merely a blip on an otherwise uninterrupted downward trajectory. And what about the untouchables? I don't rate that at all. Despite the Academy Award? That means fuck all. It's a sympathy vote. So, we all get old, we can't hack it anymore and that's it? Yeah. That's your theory? Yeah. Beautifully fucking illustrated. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. Do you see the beast? 
Have you got it in your sights? Clear enough, Mitch Money Penny. This should present no significant problems. For a vegetarian, Renz, you're a fucking evil shot. <laughs> yeah, so so there's a lot going on there. Um, he meets, Mark meets Sick Boy in, in a park. And they're perched up on a hill in the park. And while uh, Sick Boy is describing his unifying theory of life, uh, which, you know, is kind of almost true. I, I, I agree with the whole you know, name of the rose and untouchables thing, though. I love the untouchables. Um, it was a sympathy win for Connery. <laughs> he was great in it, but yeah, it was, yeah. you know, he, they knew it was time because he got screwed so many times. But anyway, um, they have a, they have a pellet gun and a pair of binoculars. And what you heard there at the end was that Mark spotted a dog sleeping on his owners. You know, the, the owners laying down in the grass, the dog sleeping on the owner. And, <laughs> Mark shoots the dog right in the ass, which sets the dog off, and the dog attacks the owner. Um, so, yeah, it's fucked up. And it's really cool. The way that was done was Danny Boyle was just off camera, and he scared the shit out of the dog. Like, he jumped <laughs> up and scared the dog and made the dog go nuts. And that's how, that's how they pulled that off. So, yeah. So now, you know, so Mark's clean. And the fact that he is clean, he realizes he's got to, as he describes it, uh, live a useful, fulfilling life as a good citizen. Um We'll see how long that lasts, but uh, we cut to a scene of Mark and Spud uh, sharing a uh, vanilla shake in a, in a shop, and uh, they are prepping for an upcoming job interview that Spud has. <laughs> Spud's indicated that he gets nervous in these things, and he always screws it up. Uh, so Mark, you know, brilliantly suggests, well, how about a little speed? <laughs> they both think it's a great idea, um, and, you know, Spud takes a hit of speed. And <laughs> the interview starts, and this is definitely a scene you need the subtitles on for. Yeah, um, this is the one I couldn't understand. Like, what the fuck is he saying? Yeah, because and and just to take a step back of of the whole principal cast, Johnny Lee Miller is the only non-Scot in the movie. He's he's English. He's you know probably maybe London area. I'm not sure. Everyone else in the movie is Scottish, so they didn't have to fake the accent. Um, Johnny Lee Miller actually stayed in the Scottish accent on and off camera for the entire shoot so he could keep going. And people got so used to it at the rap party, he dropped back to his regular accent and then they were like, people were floored that they forgot that he's not Scottish. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Spud is in the job interview. Uh, just some highlights because, again, you have to watch it and you'll laugh your ass off. Um, he openly admits to the interviewers that he's lied on his application yeah. and uh, to, to just get in the door. And they remind him that he was referred by the, you know, the state employment agency, who, so he didn't have to get his foot in the door. <laughs> he was already in. Um, uh, you know, weaknesses? No, no, no weaknesses. Yeah, I'm a bit of a uh, perfectionist. You know? <laughs> it's like just the typical. And he's, he's talking a million miles an hour. Uh, you know, what attracts you to the leisure industry? <laughs> Other people's leisure is my pleasure. <laughs> so they tell, they thank him. He gets up. He kisses the female. He hugs the male. He he like does this weird handshake and a fist bump with the other dude. And of course, he doesn't get the fucking job. <laughs> okay. Um, so we are now back at a pub. Uh, they're hanging out, enjoying mass quantities of beer. There's a lot of beer uh, consumed in this movie. Um, they're very good at it. Um, Begbie is telling everyone a story about fucking someone up for interfering in his pool game. He was playing pool with Tommy, and this, this, uh, he won't, yeah, I, I'm not going to use the word. I like using the word, but I'm not going to use the word. But Begbie likes to use the C word, uh, which is more common over in England than here. Uh, so this C word messed up his, uh, pool game. Um, as he finishes the pint of beer, he tosses it over the railing behind him. They're on the second floor of the pub. Um, it's a really cool little technique. Danny Boyle, you know, we go freeze frame. And then um, Mark narrates and describes that, you know, Begbie is telling his side of the story and that later on uh, in Tommy's apartment, Tommy gave him the full story or his side of the story. 
um, and it's obviously completely different. Um, we at that when Tommy's telling Mark about what really happened, um, Mark finds a sex tape that Tommy made with his girlfriend Lizzie. Yeah, um, and he switches the, he switches the box, you know, the tape in a, in, a, in a football box and of another tape, and he steals it. So. Okay, so why does nobody in this whole fucking thing have furniture? Yeah, I know. Let's that. Yeah, because they're all fucking heroin addicts. Well, even well, not, Tommy Tommy's wasn't. not at this point. That's Tommy's the, not. You're right. He's kind of weird. I guess it's like. Floor? I guess it's like the young thing. You know, I don't know. Well, um, he's never lined up my videotapes on the floor. Yeah. Hey man, so, it's worth mentioning though that Tommy at this point in the film definitely felt like the most with it character. He's, he's yes. got like a, a bench press in his living room. Yeah. Like yep. he's you know. Yeah, he works out. He stays in shape. He does smoke and drink, but he stays in shape. Out. He plays soccer, and he's got a job and everything. He is he is together, definitely. Yeah. He is the together yeah. uh, person in in the gang. Um, so when they're finished telling, he's finished telling a story. You go back to the pub. Um, the you know the freeze frame starts again, and the the pint glass travels down and hits a girl right in the head. She's covered in blood and screaming. Um, and we're going to play a clip. Begbie didn't do drugs either. He just did people. That's what he got off on. His own sensory addiction. Lassie got glassed and no cunt leaves here till we find out what cunt did it. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I played this clip just to demonstrate um, Begbie's psychotic behavior. I mean, he's beyond sociopathic. He's basically psychopathic, this guy. Um, yeah. And this is without drugs. He doesn't do heroin. Um, he's just damaged. And we're going we're gonna to take a... This, this character. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, we are going to take our first break, and then I'll give a, a brief description as to... Um, why Begbie might be like this. All right, so we'll be back. So if you're uh, listening to Masters of the Cinematic Universe, you obviously love movies. Uh, I do too, because I host this podcast. And um, my pedal company, 37FX, um, definitely has a movie theme. So if you're looking for really cool guitar pedals and the bonus of having some uh, fun movie themes, uh, hit up the website, 37FX.com. That's the word 30, the number 7.com. Uh, you can find things like the Fat Guy Little Coat Fuzz and uh, soon to be released, the Tombstone Treble Boost, both, both based on some fantastic movies. So, uh, you know, hit the website up. We've got some great sound samples on there. And uh, you can also hit me up um through Facebook or Instagram uh, with any questions you have. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. 